like that. You want to Hello, try one and that. all, and welcome like to this back. Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Oh boy, I know I say this every single time we start a show, but man, I am excited to be here today. Why? Oh, why, Logan? Why are you so excited to be here today? Because we are getting closer and closer to football being back. Let's give ourselves a round of applause for waiting this long for football to be back. And yes, I am aware there was college football last Saturday. I am well aware of that. But when we're talking about football, football, we're talking about week one. Not week zero. Not week zero. No, 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 no. I don't want to discredit any of the games that happened on week zero. But let's be real. Those games on week zero compare nothing to week one of college football or the NFL. Week one of college football or the NFL. Like, I loved watching, like, for the little bit I could watch because Fox was being a dickhead, not let me watch it on my PlayStation. So I struggled getting that loaded up, which sucked. So I didn't really get to see a whole lot of the Nebraska-Northwestern game. I didn't even get to see any of the Vanderbilt versus Hawaii game because, again, like we said on Monday, we were playing Risk instead, which, to be fair, when looking at the scoreline, see what happened in the game, uh, we didn't really miss a whole lot. A uh, pretty big blowout there by the <laughs> by the Vanderbilt Commodores. But this week one of college football, week one of the – and not only that – we, the first game of the NFL season is the Buffalo Bills taking on Los Angeles Rams. Uh, uh, maybe a possible preview for the potential Super Bowl that will be taking place this next year. Isn't that just crazy? When's the last time we started a season off with two teams, two of the, to everybody, seemingly, I guess there's people that have different opinions about this, but to start the season, these are the two Best teams, the most well-rounded teams in the NFL, the reigning Super Bowl champs, and the team that should have played them in the Super Bowl having, you know, 13 seconds gone a little differently. <laughs> I just rewatched that on Sunday night. I had a fantasy football draft. I had a bunch of people over, and once we got <laughs> done with the draft, we pulled up the, 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 what, if I'm talking about from a neutral point of view, one of the, if not the greatest game of the 21st century. One of the best, if not the greatest, not even just in any era, in any era, the greatest quarterback duel of all time. And then from my new, from my standpoint and every other Buffalo Bills fan standpoint, one of the most heartbreaking games in Buffalo Bills history. And the Bills have had some heartbreaking games. Let me, let me tell you, the Bills have had some heartbreaking games. Not really a lot since I've been alive. I guess technically the Music City Miracle was when I was alive, but... Games that I have been like conscious for, conscious for that I remember sitting down and watching. There hasn't been that many of them. I guess the game prior to this one that I remember watching that was the biggest heartbreak was the Stevie Johnson drop in the end zone against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game sucked. The game was brutal. I would say like the Jacksonville Jaguars preseason, like the the first game, first playoff game in 18 years against the Jaguars. But that game just sucked in general. The Texans game sucked. The playoff game because they they lost that one. They should have. Uh, you know, done better in that game. Deshaun Watson just went superhuman in that game and dominated the, just carried the Texas on the back. I almost said, I shouldn't have said dominated. I mean, it went to overtime. And the Bills had a chance in that game as opposed to what they did against Kansas City. But man, that game was awesome. Every single aspect of the game, apart from the result, was just beautiful. And that's almost back. And the Bills, weirdly enough, are, I've never said this before in my entire life, they are the favorite to win the Super Bowl. And Josh Allen is the favorite to win the 2023-2022 NFL MVP. 
I never thought in my entire life as about like watching the Bills play with quarterbacks like J.P. Lossman, Trent Edwards, Kelly Holcomb, E.J. Manuel, these types of quarterbacks. I never thought there'd be a time where you'd go, wow, one of the Buffalo Bills quarterbacks is the best in the entire league. When has that ever been said? Apart from the 90s, when has that ever been said? The Bills have never had the best quarterback in the league. And even then, was Jim Kelly ever really the best quarterback in the 90s? I mean, Dan Marino existed. John Elway existed. Joe Montana, Steve Young, Troy Aikman. Ah, he's better than Troy Aikman. But my Super Bowls, of course. But that's a, that's a whole other talking point for a whole other time. But we're not going to get into that right now. But Josh is widely considered at this point in time to be the best, at least, right? I don't, There's obviously going to be arguments for Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and things like that, but... It's weird. Preseason, Josh Allen is the by the runaway favorite for the NFL MVP. I remember we were doing the NFL preview two years ago, and I said Josh Allen would be an MVP candidate, and I did like not foresee how monstrous of a career, how monstrous of a step. He I say monstrous when you can't when he got drafted versus now. Everybody said Josh Allen was the biggest project, but if he reached his potential, he'd be the best quarterback in the draft. And that has come true. But it's like you saw the progression from rookie year to second year. Then you saw the progression from second year to third year. And then he's just maintained it. And then had put forth a top three. Like, statistically. I'm not, This is not even just me being like a biased fan. Statistically, Josh Allen put forth one of the greatest postseason performances of all time. One of the greatest of all time. And yet, all the things he did last season... All the things he did in the postseason, Josh Allen still came in at number 13 in the NFL Top 100 rankings. 13th. And this could come in as biased again, but there are not 12 players better than Josh Allen. And there certainly is not four quarterbacks better than Josh Allen. I don't understand, like, watching Tom Brady last season, I know he put up really good numbers for 44 years old, but Tom Brady was not the best player in the NFL last season. Did anybody think that? Like, I remember when I was doing my quarterback, when we did the Logan Blackman Show quarterback rankings, Tom Brady was not voted the best quarterback in the NFL during that. Is there really anybody that's sitting out there minus, like, him stat padding because the Buccaneers had no run game and had an elite core of wide receivers and a really good offensive line? The fact that you had Tom Brady had to throw the football and because the offensive they implement, they're throwing down the field more than checking down the most teams? What part of Tom Brady's season was he the best quarterback in the NFL? Like, I, people were trying to pretend like they were mad that Aaron Rodgers won MVP. Aaron Rodgers, really, out of the candidates last year, was the best quarterback in the NFL. And I believe deserved to be MVP. What did Tom Brady do? And I, you're going to throw in postseason here. Postseason does not really matter in the grand scheme of... The play of the MVP voting. I know Rodgers lost to the 49ers, but Tom Brady lost to the Rams. I know they went to the Super Bowl, but the Rams beat the 49ers to get to the Super Bowl. So it's all these different things, and postseason does not matter in regular season MVP voting. Do I think it should matter? Yes. I, I think you should categorize your entire season uh, why you're the best player. Because the best players should play the best when most is at stake. And I don't want to take anything away from Aaron Rodgers now, though I don't think he played the greatest in the playoffs because I think he just... Threw, he literally only threw to Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones in the postseason. I think they each had like combined like 18 targets in the game against the 49ers. I think the next closest had like, I think the rest of the team combined had about 10. It was just those two. 
And then Aaron Rodgers, like, like if you look at the NFL top 100 rankings, I do not think for a second. And I was looking, I didn't watch the show because again, we were doing a fantasy football draft, went for a walk afterwards, and then of course I watched uh, the House of Dragon after that. I didn't really care about watching the NFL top 100 players, but I saw Josh Allen's ranked 13th. And as the players kept going on, I was like, is Tom Brady really ranked number one? Like, in my mind, I was like, oh, Aaron Donald's going to be number one. Like, Aaron Donald, I think, regardless of position, is the best player in the NFL. But him winning a Super Bowl, I know he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year, but winning a Super Bowl, it was like, yeah, okay, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers, or Aaron Donald's year. I thought Rodgers would be probably ranked second. Like, I didn't know where all the people were going to come in, but, like, Josh Allen at 13 and Brady at 1 is kind of ridiculous to me. And no disrespect to Tom Brady. This is not taking anything away from his career. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, greatest football player of all time. But not what he did last year. That's where I have a little issue with it. And Pro Football Focus, you know, Mr. Inconsistencies, the most inconsistent website out of all of them, Pro Football Focus, I, yeah, I like. So there's two things to Pro Football Focus. Pro Football Focus is good when you're looking at advanced analytics. Like you're looking at how many times this person had how many catches he allowed in man coverage, how many allowed in press coverage, how many sacks this guy's given up, and how many pass blocking sets versus run, like all these different things I like about pro football focus. But when you're talking about just natural analyzing players, that's where I have a little bit of an issue with it. Like you look at, so the NFL top 10, which is the only thing that really matters here, the NFL top 10 was Tom Brady, Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers, Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, T.J. Watt, Devontae Adams, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Ramsey, and Travis Kelsey. Mahomes at 8, and Brady at 1, still ridiculous as well. But the NFL top 100 players for Pro Football Focus was Aaron Donald, Trent Williams, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, T.J. Watt, Tom Brady, Zach Martin, Travis Kelsey. Do I agree more with the quarterback rankings? Yes. But how the hell are you really going to tell me Cooper Cup wasn't a top 10 player last season? How are you really going to look me dead in the face and say Cooper Cup is not a top 10 player in the NFL based off last season. Cooper Cup won the Triple Crown. That means he led the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. And you're not going to throw him in the top 10. Like, do I like the players that are in the top 10 for Pro Bowl Focus? Yes. Do I think Devontae Adams should be ranked four based off last season? Not really. TJ Watt, I think, should have been ranked higher. He led the league in sacks. He tied the record for most sacks in a season. And they dropped him down where the NFL top 100 players ranked him. Like, if I was doing a top five players in the NFL right now, based off last season's performance, in no particular order, you would have to go Donald, Rodgers, Cooper Cup, TJ Watt, and I think based off last season, Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor was the most important player to his team's success. If you took, you look at all the other position players, disregarding quarterbacks, all the top players in the league, would they, if minus them, how would their record have varied? And Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion, carried the Colts more than Devontae Adams carried the Packers, more than Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs, more than any of these other big-name players. Derrick Henry, the Titans, Derrick Henry was hurt. That's not his fault, but Jonathan Taylor was the Indianapolis Colts last season. You saw what happened when they put the ball in Carson Wentz's hands. They lost, they got, not lost, embarrassed by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the last game of the season. All they needed to do was not lose. And they were in the playoffs. And they lost to the worst team in the NFL. So that was like the perfect week for the Jaguars. Like, 
you locked up the number one overall pick and you kept a division rival out of the playoffs. But Jonathan Taylor was so integral to the Colts' success that I think you have to have him in the top five. And then everybody else, I think I just think those are the best five players that played last year. Am I crazy for saying that? And I don't think there's a massive gulf between like Rodgers, Mahomes, and Allen in regards to being the best quarterback in the league. But based off last year, it's hard not to say Aaron Rodgers wasn't the best quarterback. If we're including postseason, like I think we should in regards to these rankings and these MVP voting stuff, then it's hard not to say Josh was the best quarterback. Because when it mattered most, Josh stepped up to the plate. And he lit- they literally changed the overtime rules because Josh Allen did not touch the ball in overtime. 13 seconds, the Bills' defense couldn't hold the Chiefs. They played prevent defense, guard the sidelines, when the Chiefs had three timeouts. When does that ever work? Prevent defense prevents you from winning. That's, that's one of the oldest sayings in football. And it did in that game. And the Bills didn't get to touch the ball in offense in overtime, and that's why we changed the overtime rules. Like, how can you not sit here and tell me Cooper Cup? Like, I have issues with pro football focus. And they were trying to use it as like, oh, look at ours. Our list is so much better. It's really not. It's really not. Like, Jonathan Taylor deserves to be in the top 10. Cooper Cup deserves to be in the top 10. Like, all, I don't get how Pro Football Focus cannot have Cooper Cup in the top 10. I really don't. I'm really struggling for how you can justify not having Cooper Cup in the top 10 players in the NFL, let alone top 5, top 10, just based off last season, because that's where people get caught up on a little bit. Based off last season. This isn't their careers. This is based off last season. And Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup last season, if it weren't for Aaron Rodgers, would have should have won MVP between those two. Cooper Cup led the won the triple crown. Jonathan Taylor, I believe, led the league in rushing and touchdowns. 1,800 yards rushing. I think he had 18 touchdowns on the ground last year. Destroyed teams. And then Carson Wentz would randomly check out and then they'd lose games like they did against Jacksonville. But, like, the the NFL Top 100, I really have never had a massive issue with it. Like, the only other thing that I could really say about the NFL Top 100 players from this year is, like, Mac Jones being in it at all. That's kind of a weird one to me, especially being ranked higher than Kirk Cousins. I know Kirk didn't make the playoffs, but what did Mac – Mac Jones was not better than Kirk Cousins last season. And then the massive gap between Tom Brady and Justin Herbert – there's stats. If you want to just go like Tom Brady's stats were the best, Justin Herbert's stats weren't that far off from Brady's. Like, if you want to use that route, and Justin Herbert was ranked 40th. Do I think there's a 40, a 39-player gap, 39-player gap between Brady and Justin Herbert? No, I do not at all. I don't know if there's a lot of people that believe that is to be true either, but the thing is, they're going to go off he didn't make the playoffs. I think Burrow was ranked in the 20s. I think Lamar was ranked higher than Herbert, which based off last year, I don't know how Lamar is ranked higher than Herbert. If Lamar was healthy, that would be a little bit different story, but Lamar didn't play last year. I think he played 12 games. And even then, I think he had 17 touchdowns and 13 picks or something like that. Herbert had 40-something touchdowns last year. I don't know. The NFL Top 100 thing is always going to divide opinions. It's always, always, always going to divide opinions. And when you're looking at, like, quarterbacks, that's where it gets divided the most. Because quarterbacks are everybody's favorite position on the football field and everybody's least favorite position on the football field. When you're, when you're, being, when you're good, there is not a, per, a player in the NFL you feel is better than you. When you're playing good, everybody's loving you. Everybody's telling you what you want to hear. But when you're playing bad... 
Oh, boy. It's like scorched earth. Carson Wentz three seasons ago or four seasons ago, however long it was, was the MVP before he tore his ACL. He was considered a top five quarterback. And now we're talking about like that reporter that interviewed in Washington was like, this is your last chance to be a starter in the NFL. It's like, what? Okay. And he really didn't play that bad last year. The problem with Carson Wentz is that he's so inconsistent and tries to play hero ball. And you saw that numerous times last season where it's just so frustrating to watch because the talent is there. Just the hero ball mentality is that never works. Playing hero ball rarely, rarely works. Live to fight another play. Don't force anything. And Carson Wentz forced the issue quite a bit. They should have never had the ball out of Jonathan Taylor's hands. And yet, that happened every once in a while. And I think Jonathan Taylor, unlike Pro Football Focus, I think Jonathan Taylor is a safe lock for being considered a top five player in the NFL. I don't think that's crazy to say. And yet, Pro Football Focus not only thinks he's not a top five player, they don't even think he's top ten. And same thing goes for Cooper frickin' Cup, (laughs) who won the... (laughs) Who just won? Who was led the nation and or led the NFL in every single significant receiving category? Like it's just freaking crazy. I don't know how that. I don't know how that could be considered a thing. But like, if we're sticking in the state of of California here, real quick, this is something that popped up on Twitter and kind of made news yesterday. I believe it was yesterday. Jimmy Garoppolo is staying in San Francisco. Staying in San Francisco. For at least another year. They restructured his contract. He'll remain in San Francisco this season and have the freedom to leave in 2023. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers agreed to a contract to make him the NFL's highest paid backup quarterback. Which, yeah, he is the, uh, given the criteria here, he is the best court backup quarterback in the NFL. He is the best backup quarterback in the NFL. Regardless of you think what you think about Jimmy Garoppolo, like, it's, <laughs> he is the best backup of the NFL at this point. And we talked about it a few weeks ago. This makes hundred. This makes sense to me. Or when? When was this? Was this last? When? When did we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo getting traded like Seattle? I don't remember when exactly that was. It wasn't that long ago. But this makes sense to me because given all the reports of Jimmy Garoppolo and his injuries to his shoulder, and his reported conduct from the not talking to the team and doing all that stuff, not playing through injuries that were very minuscule stuff like that, deteriorated his trade value. Who the hell is going to trade for a quarterback like that? So when you look at the landscape of the NFL and who would trade for a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, the, the chances of him getting traded for were like really small because he's not a guaranteed starter. Yes, I know he's gone to a couple NFC Championship games, but he's not a guaranteed starter. And when you, when you look at what the 49ers are paying him and what they were asking for, the 49ers were acting like this dude was one of the top 15 guys in the league, which he's not. So and given all the stuff that came out about him, no one was going to trade for that. So the best option for the 49ers is to restructure his contract and let him leave next season. That makes a hundred that makes sense to me. That does make sense to me. I didn't know if they'd actually get that done. Like we never even came there was never really a a point where I thought that was going to be a case, but that's what happened. And I think that makes sense. Cause Trey Lance, watching Trey Lance versus watching Jimmy Garoppolo, it's like watching two different like it, it well, it is just watching two different people. Both literally and figuratively. <laughs> like he, Trey Lance is so much more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like a ridiculous talent gap between the two. 
But the problem is we don't know if Trey Lance has, can put it all together at this point because he's a very raw product. He hasn't played football really. I know he's played some preseason games. He played sometime last year. But he hasn't really gotten consistent playing time in like two, three years. Like he didn't play in 2020. He, I mean, he played the one game against, I think it was Central Arkansas. Didn't play in the Spring League for the Missouri Valley. So he hasn't played football since they won the national championship where he threw for, I think, 2,800 yards and had 1,100 rushing yards, something like that. Zero turnovers. When he was playing, there was not a lot of quarterbacks that were better than him. Like, not even just we're talking about what he was doing numbers-wise. Skill-wise, similar thing. No one was really running the ball like Trey Lance was at the quarterback position and throwing the ball like Trey Lance was at that, at that time. You look at the other quarterbacks he was getting drafted with, like Justin Fields can move. Yes, Justin Fields can move. Justin Fields is not afraid to run. He is not the same runner that Trey Lance is. He's not. Trey Lance is bigger than Justin Fields. And I'm excited to see what Trey Lance does this year, given the fact that he has he is the starter. And I'm sure this is going to destroy Jimmy Garoppolo's ego, who, from all, all things considered, has a very large ego. So it's, it's I'm sure he's not the most bit thrilled about it, but they have no suitors. They're, I don't know who realistically, and that like the Texans and Seahawks thing, that was even like, they're the most likely out of the teams that could trade for him. But even then, I'm not that confident saying they're going to trade for him. So let's see how this does. But like Jimmy Garoppolo being Trey Lance's backup, that's really awesome. It also, Brock Purdy made the roster, so congratulations to Brock Purdy. He beat out Nate Sudfeld. Like we said, he, I don't think he's that much worse than Nate Sudfeld. I think he's better than Nate Sudfeld. We were going over the rookie quarterbacks who could play right away or who could play the season. And look at that, Nate Sudfeld's gone. Brock Purdy's the third-string quarterback for San Fran. Do I think he's going to get past Jimmy G? No, that changes things because it looked like they were going to still try to trade for him, not restructure his contract. But that's, that's where we are right now. And I think the 49ers... If Trey Lance lives up to his expectation, I don't think they'll win the division, but I think they'll be a real threat to the division. Like, the 49ers are a very complete team if they can just stay healthy. And they just need to stay healthy. That's key. Like, a few years ago, their team was really bad when they drafted Trey Lance. That season, their team was not very good because they couldn't stay healthy. They all got injured against the Jets that season. But if they can all stay healthy... Pray to God they stay healthy, because I like, I like the 49ers. I do like the 49ers. I like Trey Lance a lot. I like Debo Samuel. I obviously love George Kittle. Trent Williams is still there. Elijah Mitchell's a good running back. Brandon Ayuk looks like the, he's going to have a decent year this year. Defense, you got a really talented defensive line. you got Fred Warner, linebacker. This is a very solid team. If they can just stay healthy and Trey Lance can be what we think he is, they'll have no issues this year, really. I don't think they'll have that many issues. Again, I don't think they'll win the division. I think the Rams are still very, very good. But they're good. They're going to be a very, very solid team this year. It, ca- it caused a lot of problems for other teams in the NFC. And actually, speaking speaking of Trey Lance, I got him in one of my fantasy football leagues. So like we said earlier, like I was watching, we were having a fantasy football draft. And I think I had myself a pretty good team. I know we talked about fantasy football on Friday. No, Monday's show. Monday's Monday's show. And I, you know what? I, I think that the squad is looking pretty decent. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. So here's the team. You can rank it however you want to. But with the first pick, I had the seventh pick in the draft. And it's an eight-person league. So I had seven, and then I had pick ten. <laughs> I, had to do the, I had to do the counting in my head. I'm sorry. So I got Jamar Chase first. It was between him and Justin Jefferson. And my friend Noah, 
who was a Vikings fan, I turned to him and was like, how much are you doing? How much? What are you willing to do to get Justin Jefferson? What are you willing to do? And I was I was never really going to take Justin Jefferson. I knew he was sitting right. I knew he was picking behind me. I was like, I'll take Jamar Chase. I really have no issues with it. I've, I've said on this show that I think Jamar Chase, give him like two years, maybe a year. I think he's – I think talent-wise he is more talented than Justin Jefferson. I don't want to take anything away from Justin Jefferson. We've said this before. The NFL right now is loaded with wide receivers. Loaded. This is the best wide receiver – the best receivers we have had in the league, league-wide in a very, very long time. Maybe ever. So I was perfectly fine taking Jamar Chase. And I was going to take Jamar Chase anyways. But I just wanted to strike a little fear into his heart there. So I got Jamar Chase first. And then my the rest of my team is uh, Josh Allen. I picked him a little later in the draft. Because like we said earlier, don't take quarterbacks first. You take quarterbacks a little bit later in the draft. So I got Josh Allen a little later. First quarterback take was Mahomes. Then I took Allen next. Like a little, I think a round or two after. Mahomes got taken, and then I got Alvin Kamara and Nick Chubb at my running backs. It's I think it's a PPR league. I'm not 100% sure. The scoring is insanely weird in this league, so I have no idea if it's a PPR league or not. But I like the running backs. I like my starters in it, my two, my RB1 and 2s. Then Chase and Amon Ross St. Brown, who I really, really like. We talked about when he got drafted last year, how the hell he fell as far as he did in the draft. It was a, a disgrace. And now after a year of settling into the NFL where he had a really nice rookie season last year, I expect him to be very, very good this year. Very, very good. And Mark Andrews at tight end, I mean, he's the fantasy football guy. Like, he is the guy in fantasy football. Like, it was Travis Kelsey first, and in fantasy football purposes, I took him next. I don't remember where George Kittle went. I don't remember if I took Andrews before or after Kittle, but I took him right after Travis Kelsey. And I got Travis Etienne, running back from Clemson, now with the Jaguars. Chargers defense, I really like the Chargers defense. Bringing J.C. Jackson, Mr. INT, and Khalil Mack. Derwin James has signed a new contract, and hopefully he stays healthy. Got Joey Bosa there as well. Everything about the Chargers defense is fun. The Chargers have had potential on defense in years past, just haven't been able to stay healthy. If they can stay healthy, they'll be fine. And Evan McPherson, at kicker, I like Evan McPherson quite a bit. And then my bench is Gabe Davis, Drake London, who's coming off a knee injury, but I, I'm fine with Drake London, at least coming off the bench for now. Miles Sanders, again, we talked about this before where my – I have some issues with Miles Sanders in regards to fantasy value just because Jalen Hurts will get a lot of the Eagles rushing touchdowns. Miles Sanders, if healthy, is a very nice option off the bench, but he just scares me in regards to his touchdowns. Elijah Moore established himself as the Jets' number one last year before he got hurt, and from what reports are saying, he's further established that this offseason, though they have Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis coming in. Uh, Trey Lance, my backup, and then Brandon Ayuk, we just talked about a little bit ago. I think he's going to have a pretty decent year this year. He's out of <laughs> Shanahan's doghouse, and my backup tight end is Dawson Knox. So I think that's a good team. I think it's a good team. But one of the teams in this league is really weird. Like, we were going through the draft. This guy had the first pick in the draft. He took Jonathan Taylor, as most people will. But he took almost every single quarterback. And in an eight-person league, that doesn't really matter. Everybody has a decent quarterback. I mean, he took some of the good ones. But, like, he took Justin Herbert and then Lamar Jackson back-to-back. And then he took Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow back-to-back. So he has four quarterbacks. He's trying to use them as trade bait, one would imagine. But, like... I would, if, like, I'm fine with my, I'm perfectly content with Trey Lance as my backup quarterback to Josh Allen. I'll start Trey Lance if need be, because, again, I think Trey Lance has got starter potential in fantasy this year. But, like, I, if I'm the other teams, I don't send him any trade offers. Like, you you made your bed, now lay in it. Like, I like Kadarius Toney. I do like Kadarius Toney. Would I ever start him in fantasy given the Giants O-line and quarterback issues? No, not at all. Then he's got Keenan Allen, who's never been an amazing fantasy guy. A great wide receiver, but never been a massive fantasy guy. 
Jalen Waddell, I think he broke the record for receptions last year, but he's going to be the number two guy now in Miami. Kyle Pitts, I'm perfectly fine with him. And then he got the Bills defense and Tyler Bass and DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor. So I mean, it's not it's not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. But I would like I'm I'm confused by that law. I've never seen a team draft more than one more than two quarterbacks ever. Like your max is four. I've never seen anybody draft more than two quarterbacks unless it was like a joke pick. Like I remember Josh Allen's rookie year. I waited to my last pick and took him there. And then there were random times this season, like, wow, Josh is playing very, very well. Like, the latter half is rookie year after he came back against, for his injury against the Texans when he came back against the Jags. Like, he was like, oh, wow, we got ourselves a starting quarterback here. This is looking really nice. I love it. So I'm I'm content with my fantasy team, and I've got, I've got drafts on Wednesday. I got drafts on Thursday. I got another league that I got going with some friends from college from William Penn. I don't know when that draft's going to be. But we got a wedding on Saturday, so I don't know if we'll be able to do it on Friday or Saturday. We just got to do it before the first game of the season, which is September 8th, which again is the Bills-Rams, which we're very, very excited about. But with the new season coming up, this spurs all these types of topics about hot takes. And when I was on Instagram the other day, which is where we used to, like, if you remember on Wednesdays, back when COVID kicked first kicked off, we did Stay Woke Wednesdays where we went on Instagram and just made fun of a bunch of Instagram pages for some of their stupid takes. And this one, I haven't really looked through it, but it's from Jukes which is a, a fairly popular sports page on, like, social media sports page. They have 2.3 million followers on Instagram. They're a media news company. Their bio says, your favorite football account's favorite account. Submit your clips kit to be featured. So it's just a bunch of, like, I don't know. I'm not a massive fan of, like, NFL comedy videos. Or like, NFL comedy, like, things that are, I, I just don't find them that funny. Like, we've already talked about my disdain for the Lamar Jackson running back joke. That thing's kind of gotten overplayed and when people do like the um what do you what do you call it sometimes they're funny but sometimes they're way over the top where they just keep banging on the same thing over and over and over I don't I don't really know how to explain it but if you know what I'm talking about you, you'll understand at least to a certain extent but this one they've they always NFL hot takes are always interesting and some are hotter than the others and these are just fan submitted ones so this isn't like just Juke's account like it could be it could be people that work there but one guy said Alan Lazard is the new Devontae, Ad- Devontae Adams of Green Bay. Uh, no, that's not – That's not. I don't think Alan Lazard, though I like him, he's from Urbandale. I'm from Urbandale. So, like, we grew up – I grew up in the same area he did. So, do I like Alan Lazard and respect his grind? Yeah. Alan Lazard got cut from the Jacksonville Jaguars has made a career playing with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And he's one of Aaron Rodgers' most trusted wide receivers. They're a practice because of him going up against Jair Alexander. An 18th overall draft pick. This dude's undrafted. And I always thought he was semi-overrated by Iowa State fans, and he's not, like, anything that amazing in the NFL. He's just really consistent. That's the main word you just use to describe Alan Lazard, just consistent. And I guess one of the words you could use to describe Devontae Adams is consistent as well, but they're not the same. I don't, like, I don't, I don't want to discredit Alan Lazard to a certain extent, but I also don't want to do the same thing Devontae Adams did by comparing Derek Carter Rodgers. Because I think this one's a little more ludicrous than that one. Comparing Alan Lazard to Devontae Adams, who is by far, I shouldn't say by far, but is considered by most, including myself, to be the best wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think Alan Lazard's going to go to from 700, I don't know what his career yards are, like his top yards receiving, but we're looking at like 700, maybe 800 yards receiving in a season to develop, jumping up to Devontae Adams level. I don't think that will happen. But again, he's gotten this far. When a lot of people, including myself, didn't think he'd get to this point. And he's now the Packers, at least for this time, the number one wide receiver in Green Bay. 
with two rookies that are very talented and Christian Watson and freaking Romeo Dubs, who I really like, and Randall Cobb. So, like, there's other decent wideouts in the Packers and Amari Rodgers there as well, second-year guy from Clemson. But I don't think we're going to jump from Alan Lazard being Alan Lazard to just Devontae Adams levels like that. It could happen, but I don't think it happens this season. Then we got a next one. The Lions are a sleeper team and going to make the wild, make it to the wild card. I think they're – I don't really know if you can call them a sleeper team anymore at this point because I think a lot of people think the Lions will be a lot better than what they were last year. The Lions last year, I think, were 11-6 and six against the spread last year. Very talented, very good team, very tough, hard-nosed team that were unfortunate in some of the games they played. I think they got a lot of talent on this roster. I like the culture Dan Campbell's building. I'm loving watching Hard Knocks. They got a new episode tonight, so we're going to watch that later. But I don't think the Lions are a playoff team yet. I know the NFC is relatively weak, especially comparing to the AFC, because all the a lot of the good players in the NFC went over to the AFC. But there's still other teams to compete with in the wild card. So you take out the division winners. Like I think we can figure out who the division winners are in each division so far. So you got the Bucks in the South, one of the easier ones. We got the Packers in the North. We got the the Rams in the West, and then the Cowboys and the Eagles in the East. So one of them is making the playoffs. So there's five spots that are taken up already. And then you got the Vikings that are going to be in there. You've got the Saints that are going to be in there. Some people think the Panthers are going to be in there. I'm not one of them, but some people think the Panthers are going to be in there. Then the Niners and the Cardinals. Do I think out of those, let's just say, so we got five spots that I think are relatively safe compared to the other wildcard teams. Do I think the Lions compared to the Vikings and the Cardinals? Not really. Not really. But I think the Lions are going to be one of those teams that are just built around we're always going to be the underdogs. So they're going to use that as motivation versus every team they play. But I don't really think that – I think they'll be better. I think you see them hovering somewhere between eight, six and eight wins maybe. Let's go five and eight wins. Six and eight's a little little high. But, <laughs> but like five and eight wins, I think you'll see them hovering around that. But wild card, I, I don't think so. Not yet anyways. Then we got Baker maybe will lead the Panthers deep into the playoffs with a healthy CJ – Christian McCaffrey and Brian Burns. We literally just said this one. I didn't know it would be next, but we just said this one. A lot of people, or some people think the Panthers are a playoff team. Again, I am not one of them. Chris McCaffrey is, again, the best running back in the league when he's healthy. He hasn't been healthy in two years. His last year when he was healthy, 1,300 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. Like, he's he's him when he's healthy. But the thing is with the Panthers, their O-line is better, I guess, but it's hard to go down from zero. So it's like, it's not much worse. I like some of the piece they have on offense. Defense, they're just really young. Really in, really in uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Really just inexperienced on defense. They have talent. They're just really inexperienced. Do I think Baker elevates this team to a playoff team? I think they'll be better because one of the things the Panthers battled a lot with last year was inconsistencies from the quarterback position. Like We saw Sam Darnold play. We saw P.J. Walker play. We saw Cam Newton be back when that obviously wasn't a thing. We saw all these different quarterbacks play, and none of them worked out. That's why the Panthers drafted Matt Corral. That's why they traded for Baker Mayfield. They're trying to figure out who their quarterback is. I think Baker Mayfield will will add some much-needed stability to the quarterback room, but I don't think he's that guy to push this team over the top. I know he's going to be healthy. At least that's the hope, and he wasn't on a, he wasn't healthy when he was playing for the Browns last year. But the Browns didn't make the playoffs last year, and they're a more talented team than the Panthers are. Like, all across the board, they're more talented. And I still have my some reservations about Matt Rule. So I don't think they're I don't think they're a playoff team just yet. 
And I don't know if Baker's that guy to lead them to the playoffs. He could be. Again, the, a- the NFC is relatively weak, but I don't think it's that year. I like Chris McCaffrey. I like Brian Burns a lot, but I don't think they're a playoff team. Chargers win the Super Bowl, and Herbert is going to cement himself as the best QB in the NFL. I could see both these happening. I could realistically see both these happening. I think Justin Herbert is a really good shot at winning MVP. He's got the numbers to back it up. The Chargers just need defense to stay consistent, and they need to stop. I know there's a like advanced analytics that say going forward on fourth down more often than you punt, that's more successful. Like You should always use those, but the Chargers, the way they went for it sometimes has made little to no sense. Like it was times they were backed up so far and they still went for it and didn't get it. And situations like that caused the Chargers to lose some games that they more or less would have won and maybe would have won if they did win those games, win the games a lot more convincingly than what the the final score shows. And that's been the Chargers thing like throughout their history pretty much, especially in the 21st century, beating themselves. As long as the Chargers can't beat themselves, I don't think there's any reason to think that this team could not be a Super Bowl team. I really don't think there's any reason you should not think that, oh, look at this roster. If we're looking at the best rosters in the NFL, I think the Chargers have a really good claim at being one of the best rosters in all the NFL. You brought in J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. You've already improved the offensive line. Justin Herbert's still there. You've got good wideouts. You've got Austin Eckler in the backfield. Joey Bosa. Like, you've got real Derwin James. You've got really good players. You just need to find some consistency. As a unit, not just as, not just her, not just Herbert's fine. Herbert is a top six quarterback in the NFL currently. I think there's a real shot that he does take that jump and lead the Chargers to a Super Bowl and get himself into the number one quarterback conversation. I think he, I, I said this a little bit jokingly about Chris McCaffrey, but jokingly, it's a true statement, but I just think the, the saying's funny. Herbert is him. Chargers got their guy. And it's kind of funny seeing how the Chargers have brought Herbert into this, like talk about Herbert versus how the Dolphins talk about Tua, the guy they took right before Herbert. It's more like the Dolphins are trying to convince themselves that Tua is that guy when he's not. I mean, Tua's fine, but there's not anything Tua does that is like, wow, that's a top quarterback in the league. He's insanely accurate, okay? What 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 else does he He has little to no zip on the football. There's a comeback route. I don't know who ran. I just saw it on Twitter a little bit ago. It looked like a lob pass, pretty much. Like, Herbert's like Josh Allen in that aspect. Herbert and Josh are very similar quarterbacks in regards to arm. Not necessarily athletic ability, because Herbert, compared to Allen, running the ball, they're not close in regards to that. But passing the ball, cannon arm, smart decision maker, can, okay, at times, most of the time, 85% of the time, but there's a little bit where it's like, okay, you're forced that. Why'd you do that? But I do, I semi, do I think the Chargers win the Super Bowl? No, but I think there is a uh, a chance they can push far in the playoffs. I like them a lot. Trey Lance is going to be better than all the QBs in his draft class this season. Yeah, I mean, that's not really a hot take, is it? I think that's a standard take. I think that should be the natural take right now. You look at all the other quarterbacks in his class, which other quarterbacks going to make the playoffs out of that class? Maybe Mac Jones? What would the Patriots do to really improve their roster from the season before? They lost J.C. Jackson. Did they, they, did they get someone to replace him? Unless I didn't see it, no. Still don't really have any true weapons out. Why they got Velas Jones in the draft, I believe, or Tyquan Thornton. I don't remember which one they got. Both really fast receivers. But you look at that, and the, the Bears, terrible off the line. Apart from Darnell Mooney, no real weapons for Justin Fields. He's going to get killed. Trevor Lawrence plays for the Jaguars. They made improvements on the roster, but again, the Jaguars. Zach Wilson plays for the Jets. Made improvements, but against the Jets. 
Davis Mills on the Texans. Three of those quarterbacks we mentioned will be in the bottom half the league record-wise. Lance and Mac Jones have a chance to be on the near the top, more so the 49 but I don't think that's a hot take. I said this when he got drafted. If Trey Lance develops properly, he's the best quarterback in this draft class. If he develops properly. It was the same thing with Josh Allen when he got drafted. Trey Lance is the same thing. I don't think that's a hot take at all. Is that is this the hottest take for the season? That's not a hot take at all. That's that's a standard football take. Next one, Derrick Henry break the single season rushing record. I don't think that's far off. I mean, he's had 2,000 yards rushing before. He was top five in the league in rushing for like how many weeks after he got hurt? Like five or six weeks after he got hurt? Like it was ridiculous. I have no – yeah, that's, I don't think that's a hot take either. I think there's a lot of really good running backs in the NFL. I think Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, all these guys have a chance to go over that 2,000 yards. 2,000 yards plus. Like, I don't think there's a really bad chance they do that. I think Dalvin Cook, just based off the fact he's got better weapons around him than the other guys do, has the least likely chance to do it. But Dalvin Cook, kind of, uh, I, I don't really think there he can do it. He he can do it. Like those guys are all capable of getting two thousand plus yards and breaking the all time record for that. Next one, Juju pops up with pops off with Mahomes, puts up eleven hundred plus and eight touchdowns. This one's weird. Because Juju, for those of you who forget, and I sometimes forget about this, just given how the the past few years have been with Juju, his second year league, he put up 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns. He's battled some injuries throughout the the remaining season. He only played five games last year. He had 15 catches last year. So I think we kind of forget, and then the TikTok thing's kind of become a thing. He's kind of been more known for that than what he's done on the field. Not having Antonio Brown there certainly does not help anything. Because when you have a receiver as good as Antonio Brown, it takes so much of the pressure off you. They're doubling him. That gives you the freedom to do whatever, pretty much whatever the hell you want on the opposite side of Antonio Brown. And Juju, for that season, did whatever he wanted. 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. And I think with Mahomes, I think he has every chance to get back to that. But he's, again, going to be the main guy they're looking at. Like, talent-wise, like at USC, Juju was a baller. But I think we just start looking at just only him as a TikToker and the the things we talk about him more with Kansas City is when that much-needed collab between him and Jackson is going to happen. I think that's all we're really talking about when it comes to Juju. And you look at the rest of the Chiefs roster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, McCole Hardman, Sky Moore, Corey Coleman still in the league. I didn't even know that was a thing. Justin Ross from Clemson. Like, they've got these, like... Other wide receivers on this roster, and I don't think Justin Ross, I think Justin Ross is hurt again. They've got other pieces, but Juju is the only one that's had over a thousand yards receiving on any of these guys. And he had a thousand by quite a bit. Do I think this numbers could I think they could happen? I think he has every chance to do that. Because in these past few years, Big Ben probably should retire like three seasons ago, if we're being honest. So with Juju, he hasn't had really that consistent figure at the quarterback spot. Really, if he was playing with prime Big Ben, sure. But the past few seasons, Big Ben could barely throw the football, wasn't moving at all. So I think having Patrick Mahomes in there, and I guess Travis Kelsey will take most of the pressure off of him. I guess Travis Kelsey will be that guy. I think there is a chance. I do think there is a chance of that. Do I think it will happen? Not necessarily, but I think there's a chance. Next one, Cincinnati won't make the playoffs as they go 8-9, third in the division. I think they're just too good for that. I think the Browns and Steelers are both worse 
than the Bengals. I think the Bengals did appropriate things the off the line, which definitely helps. I know they lost C.J. Ozama, but there's just too much talent on this offense to say that they're going to go. This offense alone is going to make like they went ten and six off the back of Joe Burrow getting sacked. What was it fifty six times last year? They brought in Lyle Collins. They brought in Alex Kappa. They brought in Ted Karras. They made all these moves to improve their offensive line. And if they can keep Joe Burrow upright, I have no doubt that they're going to make the playoffs. Maybe that's me. Maybe that's me drinking the Kool Aid because I like the Bengals. I like Burrow. I like Chase. I like Joe Mixon. Like I like all these guys. But I don't know. I just think there's too much talent here. Like their secondary is still not great. Their defense isn't amazing in regards to the pass game. Like their run game's still very good on defense. I don't know. I I have a hard time, and maybe again, just because they didn't make this, because they just made the Super Bowl. Maybe this is why I'm thinking like this. But I just have a hard time thinking they're not gonna make the playoffs. I don't think like uh, like somewhere between nine and twelve wins for the Bengals out of court. I think eight's a little low. But I think nine and twelve, I think, is where you're gonna find the Bengals somewhere this year. Because I could, in theory, I could see them taking somewhat of a step back. There were some games last year that were like. Like against the Jets, where they lost the Jets and Mike White, there was games like that that happened. It was like, uh, what the, what's going on here? So there are those types of games. So I'm not, I'm not saying this is a terrible take. I don't 100% agree with it, but I, I'm not, I'm not gonna say that it can't happen. I'm not gonna say it's 100% can't happen. Now the final one is Ceedee Lamb leads the league in receptions and is second in yards. Nope, I don't think that happens. I think you're looking at Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase for receptions. I think, and I think Che or Justin Jefferson leads in yards. I think. Now the the Cowboys do not have Amari Cooper. They traded him for <laughs> basically a pack of chips to the Cleveland Browns. And last year, what would he have receiving? We had Justin Jefferson second, Cooper Cup first, Devonte third, Chase four, Debo five. Last year, C.D. Lamb had what? Just over eleven hundred yards, six touchdowns. Like, if we're talking at targets, no. I don't think he leads the, the league in targets I'd, or in receptions. I don't think that happens. Like, last year he had 79, but again, not having Amari Cooper there will be big. I don't know. I just don't see that. Ha- I know a lot of people are really high on CeeDee Lamb. Like, so much so, I saw him thrown in a graphic with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. What the hell is he doing in there? I don't want to sound disrespectful to CeeDee Lamb because I do think he's a good wideout, but he ain't at that level. He ain't there yet. He can get there, but as of right now, he ain't Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase level. He ain't that. Like, I think one of those two will lead the league in catches, and I think the other one will lead him in yards. I think just I think Justin Jefferson realistically could lead in both. Like, Jamar Chase was kind of crazy last year. He only had 81 catches. And the thing is with Justin Jefferson that could or Jamar Chase that could hurt him is that he has those other two guys competing with him for targets and catches. Like, CeeDee Lamb had 10 more... I had five more catches than T. Higgins last year. That's the Bengals' number two guy. So I kind of, again, this is where I kind of have the really. I I don't think that he goes off like that. I don't. I I think he is going to have a good year, but I don't think he's going to have more than Diggs. I don't think he's going to have more than Jefferson. I think it's hard to say he's not going to have more than Cub. I mean, Cub had 145 catches last year. 145. Next closest guy was Devontae Adams with 123. So, like, Cooper Cup's going to get his targets again. His underneath work is ridiculous. So, I don't – and he had 191 targets last year. Like, I don't know. I think CeeDee Lamb's good. I think he's poised to have a good year. 
because no Amari Cooper. But I just don't I don't think the the receptions thing is going to happen this year. I'm never I'm not going to rule it out completely, but this year. So out of all those hot takes, I don't really think any of them are that crazy. Like if I look back at some of these hot takes, Al Lazard, I don't think that'll happen about him being Devontae. Lions making the playoffs, outside chance, but I don't think it'll happen. Panthers, again, same thing, outside chance, don't think it'll happen. Chargers winning a Super Bowl and Herbert being the best QB in the NFL, don't think either one of those are out of the question. Lance being the best QB in his draft class this season, I don't think that's a hot take at all. Derrick Henry breaking the single season rushing record, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's that crazy. Again, I think there's four guys in the NFL that could do that. I think Chubb, I think Taylor, I think Cook, and I think Derrick Henry. Juju go up for 1,108. Uh, I think there's a possibility. But um, I'm leaning more towards no, but I do think there's a chance of that. Bengals missing the playoffs. I don't think that happens. CD leading the league in receptions and second in yards. I don't think that happens either. So that's what we got for hot takes. Again, there's some that are quote-unquote hotter than others but like a hot take that or something that <laughs> we kind of talked to like some younger quarterbacks a little bit like Baker like Trey Lance like those guys so unsurprisingly to should be the most Josh Rosen got cut damn shame Josh Rosen not making the team not making the Browns gets cut I don't know if he actually ever played a preseason game I wasn't really following the Cleveland Browns in this preseason but he's gonna have to change his Twitter bio again He's going to have to put quarterback N.A. on there because we don't know what team he's going to play for. But I think the Panthers need to sign him. I saw Brother Bill, who's a Buffalo Bills guy on Twitter. He said something about the Brown, the Panthers taking Josh Rosen. I mean, they already have Darnold. They have Mayfield. Just might as well take a third guy for the 2018 draft class. You got three of the four guys that were taking the top ten that year on the Panthers. I think that would be hilarious. But other than that, I don't know who the hell would even take Josh Rosen. I mean, he's already gone. He's gone to Shanahan. He's gone to Arthur Smith. He's been with Brian Flores. He's been with whoever the hell he was with in Arizona. I don't remember who it was. Was it Vance Joseph? I don't remember who it was down there. Like, he's been everywhere. And he's just been with the Browns. Like, what? He should go for the Josh Johnson records. Josh Johnson's been on 17 teams. Josh Johnson just got cut. I think we should look for the Josh Rosen, Josh Johnson saga here. Like, where the hell does Josh... Who the hell is going to take Josh Rosen? Do the Rams take Josh Rosen? I mean, he's from... He went to college at UCLA. Maybe the Chargers take Josh Rosen so he can back up Herbert or be a third string because Chase Daniel ain't get beat out for that. I don't know who the Rams' backup is. Is it Wofford still? Or do the Rams have someone else as their backup quarterback? I guess I don't know. But Josh Rosen, it's a damn shame they got cut again. But, uh... I, I was hoping they'd keep him on. I was hoping they'd keep him on. So is that meaning Josh jo- Josh Dobbs is the third-string quarterback in Cleveland? That does mean that. <laughs> so, or technically backup. Technically the backup quarterback because, remember, Deshaun's suspended, so it's just going to be Reset's the starter. And Josh Dobbs is the backup quarterback in Cleveland. That is that is funny. I do like this, though. I'm just looking at their depth chart now. David Bell is the third number. He's the third wideout. That's nice. I like David Bell. David Bell tore Iowa a new asshole multiple times. So you know what? I, I have nothing but respect for David Bell. He didn't run a fast 40, so he dropped the third round. But, hey, 40-yard dash time is not indicative to how good you are as a player. Sometimes you'll be a little overrated as a player if you run a fast 40. Look at Josh John Brown. Look at that. <laughs> oh, man. And then, like, with these, 
like young quarterbacks, like differing chances of them succeeding vary. Like, like Josh Rosen. Some people think he hasn't gotten a fair shot. He got cut, got traded from Arizona the first year he was there. Set up to fail down in Arizona. But again, like we talked about last week, no one really cares. He's a dickhead, so no one really cares that he got he gets treated like this in the NFL. He's a dickhead. But the team, the quarterback that replaced Josh Rosen, per se, because Josh Rosen was never really the number one guy in Miami. I know he started a few games. But Tua, Tua has been one of the most talked about quarterbacks in the NFL this offseason. We already talked about the propaganda about the Miami Dolphins saying he's the greatest thing of all time. He's so accurate. He's all these things. All these different things. All this thing trying to convince themselves that Tua is this amazing quarterback. Well, we all know he's really not. So there's going to be perceived there's going to be a lot of pressure on Tua to succeed because given all this hype that he has going into the season, from his own team, not from really anybody else, from his own team, because the last coach he had was so against him that they're just doing the exact opposite this time around. <laughs> Maybe Steven Ross was like, hey, you you say anything bad about Tua, you're gone as well. So everybody hyped Tua up. But there was something that popped up on CBS the other day, or yesterday, and I wanted to talk about this. It was from Rick Spielman, who I, was the GM of the Vikings, I believe. If I remember, is that Rick Spielman or was it Chris Spielman? Or is Chris Spielman the linebacker? Or were they both linebackers? I don't know. <laughs> I think Rick Spielman was the Vikings GM. Yeah, he was the Vikings GM. And then is he related to Chris Spielman at all? Is Chris Spielman a person? I feel like Chris Spielman has to be a person, right? Chris Spielman. Okay, yes, there's the linebacker, Chris Spielman. Are they related? I, I guess I'd never even noticed if they're related or not. Spielman's not necessarily the most... Uh... Okay, he's older. Rick Spielman's older. So Rick Spielman was on CBS Sports talking to somebody. I don't remember who he was talking to. But the Dolphins and Eagles had joint practice the other day. And obviously, joint practices cause, stir debate. People, A lot of people out there don't think they should have them anymore. At least some old players don't think they should have them anymore. But you look at the two quarterbacks on the top the rosters. The Eagles had Jalen Hurts. Tua is on the Dolphins. Both quarterbacks played for Bama. The other one benched the other. Both of them have benched the other one at some point. But this sparked a thing, and Rick Spielman said, I think Hurts may have more pressure on him than Tua right now. And you know what? Though I think Tua has pressure on him, just given his own team hyping him up as much, I agree. I agree with that statement. There's been so, like, last, the 2021 NFL draft, they were talking about trading up to get Zach Wilson. They had all these picks. They were going to trade to get Zach Wilson. This year, they were linked with Kenny Pickett to a certain extent and Malik Willis to a certain extent. People are talking about getting Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. And the next year, they're loaded up with all these different draft picks. They're, and they have not really come out and said that Jalen Hurts, their guy moving forward. I think Jalen Hurts, we, this was my hot take that we had a couple weeks ago. Jalen Hurts, I think, can put himself in a top 10 quarterback conversation with a good year this year. I think running the ball and passing the ball, he's got some inconsistencies passing the ball. I'm not, I'm totally aware of that. I just think he's got the tools in order to push up towards that level. Do I think he will do it? I don't know. He needs to figure some things out consistency-wise, but I think he can. I think leadership-wise, I think belief in himself, I think all those things are very good very good things for Jalen Hurts in regards to him succeeding in the NFL. It's a long-term option for the Eagles. But the Eagles have never really come out and said Jalen's their guy. Not really. Like, Nick Sirianni waited forever for, to name Jalen Hurts the starter. Forever. 
last year. And now Jalen Hurts just really doesn't have any confidence. I mean, Gardner Minshew is a fan favorite. Everybody likes Gardner Minshew, but he's not competing for the starting job, regardless if you think Gardner Minshew should get another shot in the NFL as a starter or not. But I I do agree with that statement. Rick Spielman did some questionable things in his time as the Vikings GM, but I do agree with this statement because this has been something that's been talked about them replacing Jalen Hurts for about two years now. He's only been the starter for two years. Like, every single year he's been the starter for the Philadelphia Eagles. There's been something coming up about, oh, they're looking to draft a quarterback. Oh, they're looking to trade up for one. Oh, should they sign this guy? Should they do this? The Dolphins really, I think, should have more of those questions than the Eagles do. But yet, you don't hear any of that about Tua. Everybody's expected Tua to have a great year this year. That's the thing everybody's saying. That's the big, new, hot thing to say on social media. I think Tua is going to have a career year this year. Which, again, is not really saying a whole lot. It's kind of expected at this point that he has decent numbers. I mean, you got a really good receiving court, and you got a, one of the best tackles in the NFL on your team this year. So you would expect that. And an offensive-minded coach that has not openly bashed you and said he wanted to draft the other guy. <laughs> That's big in confidence. But I do think Jalen's got more pressure on him, which is weird, because I think Jalen Hurts is better than Tua. I think there should be more questions about Tua in the starting position he's got more than Jalen Hurts. But yet, that's here we are. Every single offseason, since Jalen Hurts has been the starter, oh, the Eagles are looking to name and get another quarterback. They're looking to draft somebody. Look at all these picks they've got. They're going to draft somebody this year. I want Jalen Hurts to go one offseason with that. Like, this is like, remember when this happened to Derek Carr? Like, every offseason is like, oh, I think John Gruden doesn't like Derek Carr. John Gruden doesn't like Derek Carr. None of this thing's going to happen. And Derek Carr's still there. Derek Carr's a fine quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a fine quarterback who I think is very talented. He just needs to get some consistency things out, figured out. Tua is an average quarterback at this point. But I don't know what he does right now better than Jalen, but Jalen's going to have more pressure on him. And I think that also comes with the fact the Eagles can win this division. Dolphins, realistically, I don't think anybody's really saying they're going to beat the Bills up for this division. Knock on wood that they don't, but I don't think that they are. So I guess there's more pressure on that, that you have to win this division. Look at all these weapons we got for you. But Tua's got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Jalen Hurts got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. So, like, I don't know. I, there's, I think there's pressure, but I do I do think there's more than – I do think there's more pressure on Jalen Hurts than Tua, which is very weird, which is very, very weird. But, yeah, it's fun. I love, I love this time of year. I absolutely love this time of year. Like, we're in the cuts period now, which the cut time – Cut, cutting people is never very fun. Cutting players is kind of, is always hard. But like, you you expect like your non like the undrafted people. You expect like later round draft picks. You expect I don't know journeymen to get those cuts. You rarely see first rounders get cut after their second year. That's their first year in the league. And that's what happened to Alex Leatherwood, who just got cut from the Vegas Raiders. And his, after his first year, and I told my dad this, when I saw that he got cut, I was like, man, this dude was a first-round draft pick. Now, at the time, that was seen as kind of crazy that he was a first-round draft pick. Yes, he won all these trophies at Alabama, but when you're looking at scouting players, winning trophies, individual trophies in college is not always the biggest barometer to how good you think they'll be at the next level. Tim Tebow won a Heisman. What the hell does that mean for him in the NFL? Absolutely nothing. 
Alex Leatherwood won the freaking Outland Trophy. What does that mean from the NFL? Absolutely nothing. Wasn't a guard, wasn't a tackle. Just couldn't figure it out with the Raiders anyways. Like, there was no... Alex Leatherwood was was good at Alabama. No disrespect. No, like, no taking away from that. He had a very good success at Alabama. But first round was crazy because he was even then seen as, like, a mid-second round pick where the expectations are a lot lower on you than you being the first pick by your team in a draft. Expectations are insanely different if he's drafted in the second round versus the 18th pick in the draft. And he got cut, which is weird to see, but he got cut. And the Bears cut Nathan Peterman, which is also crazy. <laughs> but they there was a report that said they were going to re-sign him on the practice squad. They were going to re-sign him on the practice squad, so it was like, oh, okay. Bears, you got lucky. Bears, you got lucky. I was going to curse you. I was going to curse your franchise, which I, I think most Bears fans have already done that anyways. But I was going to place a curse upon your franchise. I was going to get Lil B on the case, hex the Bears, if you did not have Nathan Peterman on your team, whether it was on practice squad or regular roster. This is the greatest preseason quarterback of all time. Again, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback be as good in the preseason as Nathan Peterman and be as bad in the regular season as Nathan Peterman. I don't think I've ever seen a dichotomy like that. I don't think I've ever seen that. Where you're so good, like he looks like a starting quarterback in the preseason, and then looks like a guy that just got brought in off the street to start an NFL game when he plays in the NFL as a regular season. Don't understand it. Do not understand it. But he made the practice squad. Do I understand why he, on an unjoking matter? Do I understand how he's still in league? No, not really. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I'm all for it, especially I Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman on the Bears is just the most. Bears thing of all time at this point. And I didn't bring this up earlier, but Baker Mayfield came out and said that he's going to F the Browns up. I'm going to F them up. This is like one of those things about pictures before disaster or something like that. But <laughs> pics before disaster. It's like the I'm going to shock the world thing on Twitter. Pics before disaster. I'm going to F them up and then lose by 50 points. To be fair, I do think the Browns, I do think the Panthers are going to win. So, I don't know, F them up, if that's as far as I'd go with that. But I do think the Panthers will win. Weirdly enough, I think the Panthers will win. The NFL is so weird this year. This is why we talked about before that you cannot tell me the NFL isn't, like, fixed or anything without the NFL is done without a purpose. Browns are playing the Panthers, Baker Mayfield's old team. Seahawks are playing the Broncos, Russell Wilson's old team. And the first game Deshaun Watson comes back from suspension is against the Texans. Huh? (laughs) This is all the start of the season. The two teams that are favorites to go to the Super Bowl this year are playing each other week one. Is there anything else that's really out there that's kind of funny to me? I don't know. It just feels that. It, it's just, it's a funny time. I had more things I wanted to talk about, like, in college football meaning. But since we got college football on Saturday, I think I'm going to save all my college football stuff for Friday's show because I have my rankings of the all... I, I went through... Every team in the conference of the Power 5 schools, we got the ACC, the Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12, and SEC. So we got all those different conferences, and I ranked each quarterback in the conference. And I've got it done, but I think just given the time that we have on the show and how long the show... It's not been like an incredibly long show, given how some of the shows in the past, like the past few shows have gone. But I've got things to do tonight, so I can't really go on forever, and I think that part of the show would go on for a very long time. So we'll do a full-blown... College football preview on Friday. 
We'll go through every single game in the week. We'll go over conference ratings, my conference predictions for the Power 5 conference. We'll go some other smaller schools as well, some non-conference schools, some non-power conference schools in there. We'll talk about Notre Dame. We might talk about BYU a little bit. We got some schools we can talk about. We'll go over UNI's first game of the season against Air Force, what that means for that. We got the lines for each game, which I guess we could talk about that. Iowa's a 15.5-point favorite for South Dakota State. Iowa State's a 37.5-point favorite against South Southeast Missouri State. UNI is a 14-point dog against Air Force. And I just saw this the other day, or yesterday. Drake is a 45.5-point dog against North Dakota State. Damn shame the Bulldogs got to go up to North Dakota State and get pounded like that. But that's all we've got for you today on this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I do hope you enjoyed the show. We'll come back with all this college football stuff on, on Friday. Enjoy your Wednesday, people. Hope you enjoyed the show. If not, leave a rating down below as why. Well. Make sure you're following the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media. And I will see you all later. Peace.